Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. J.T. DeVolt with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Live. And you know what that means? It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And I say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever time it is for you, no matter where you might be tuning in from on the Big Blue Marble. Thanks for joining me here each and every single Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. This is the one time we do the High Altitude Mentorship Show live. Other times we do it four days a week, or I should say five days a week. The other four days outside of Wednesday, you can find by going to jtdebolt.com and looking for the podcast button there. And by the way, as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by flywithjt.com. That is flywithjt.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, as well as stay connected to everything going on in the high-altitude community. If you've ever noticed the high performers that seem to be able to take over a situation, whether it's in real life or even in the movies, take somebody like 007, James Bond, for instance. You ever noticed how the world could be crumbling around him? Literally, it could be on the brink of destruction, and somehow 007 finds a way to take over the situation, come out on top. You ever seen that? Now, of course, that's in the movies. But you see athletes do it. You see where the team is down and all of a sudden one player steps into their greatness and lifts the team up on his or her shoulders. We see that. We see it in business where a business leader steps into a tough situation, lifts the team up and on his or her shoulders and takes over the situation. And if you look at those kinds of people, typically speaking, they will step into a tough situation because that's what they're accustomed to. They actually seek out the challenge. That's one of the key aspects to high performance is a person who will actually seek out a challenge. They don't run from the challenge, but rather they, they, they look for it. They find greatness just in the competition of going after something tough, challenging, or whatever it is, and pushing themselves. It's interesting when we hear people talk about, well, you know, I want to live a minimalist life. I don't want much. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But Let's not diminish the person who says, I want more, I want it all. I want to chase and see and push how far I can push my boundaries. I want to see how far I can take my game, elevate my personal life. That's also a high performer. And here's what's interesting is both sides. You could have the person that's kind of a minimalist and a person who wants it all. And you can see that they have certain aspects of them that are really forged in greatness. A person on one side has the discipline to be able to live with less. The person on the other side has the discipline to chase as much as they can, to be the most that they can be, to to be the best they can be. It's not just about having more and attaining more and getting more stuff. It's about seeing how far they can elevate their game. But what's interesting on both, both accounts is when you look at a person, especially in business, life, sports, the higher performer sort of echelons of life, when you start to see those people You'll, you'll find that they also have certain parts of their outside life. Maybe, maybe it's their personal life. Maybe it's their fitness. They have those things dialed in as well. And it's easy to assume, hey, 
they just are special. They, they're from another planet, right? They have it all figured out. How do they do that? And actually, that's the better question. How do they do that? What is it about them that has them, uh, you know, gives them the ability to create success out of every, every facet of their life? Let's first and foremost examine that thought process, though. It's not necessarily that they have every aspect of their life dialed in and figured out, right? It's not always that they have everything, all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed, all their corners, you know, sort of nicely folded on their bed. <laughs> they don't have all their clothes perfectly lined up in their, in their closet necessarily. You don't have to be an obsessive type A always to have success. But there are five, certain, five specific elements to really taking over control of any given situation, especially your life. If you want to be in control, not just of a certain aspect of your life, but your entire life, there are five certain things that you have to have in place in order to make that happen. I don't want to share that with you today, these five things. The first and foremost thing you need to understand before we jump into the five here is to understand that this is possible for each and every single one of us. It does require a higher level of commitment and discipline, and so if you're willing to accept that, then that's fantastic. The other part to this is, is that if you're a person that is willing to turn the TV off, willing to shut down the noise from the outside world, if you're a person who says, I don't need the government or the economy or another person to bail me out, I don't need something to go right for me in order for my life to be great, I can make it great simply by what I can do with my own two hands and this amazing brain inside my head. If you have that sense of duty about yourself, really a, a responsibility to yourself and to the world around you, if you operate from that metal, then this message is definitely for you. I'm going to share with you five what I consider high-performance high elements to taking control of any given situation. This is as much a mindset game as it is an execution game. And yes, this applies to entrepreneurship, but it certainly applies to every facet of your life. If it's a fitness goal, if it's a relationship goal, uh, if it's a career goal, whatever it is, even if you're overcoming a tough situation right now, or if you've been through a tough situation and now it's the rebuild, or if life is, is, is going awesome and you're kicking ass, taking names, and you're ready to go to that next altitude, then these are the five elements that you need to have in place. So let's jump in, let's unpack these, and let's discuss what they are. The first element is to obsess, is to not obsess over what you cannot control. Don't obsess over what you can't control. And what's interesting about this is, is that if you study performance psychology, you'll find that a lot of times when we get stressed out about things, when you talk to people that feel overwhelmed, psyched out a little bit, or per, perhaps you know, feeling burnt out, feeling hopeless, it's because we look at the big picture and think we've got to solve the entire Rubik's Cube in one twist. In fact, the Rubik's Cube is kind of a nice example here because if you've ever seen somebody and, you know, you can YouTube and Google all kinds of strategies on how to actually solve a, uh, solve a uh, Rubik's Cube. My wife actually did it. It took her about a day to figure it out, a couple days maybe, two days. And what's interesting about it is if you follow a certain formula, you, anybody can solve a Rubik's Cube. But if you just take the Rubik's Cube and look at it and think, man, how am I, gonna, how am I going to uh, you know, solve this, this, this puzzle, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And that's the same approach that a lot of people take with their careers, their businesses, their fitness, whatever it is. They think, I've got to solve this thing all at once. But here's the thing. 
you cannot obsess over what you can't control because when you start doing that, when you start thinking about what other people are going to do, if you start thinking about, well, what if, and we what if ourselves into a hole and, or into a corner, suddenly we feel very cased in. The best way, the single best strategy that you can implement to not obsess over what you cannot control is to stay in the present. Because if you're focused on the present moment, then that's all you can do. I learned this in aviation. In fact, they drilled this one home to us in flight school. When I was in the Navy, the Navy flight training is some of the best training in the world beyond just learning how to fly airplanes. It's probably one of the single best personal development courses a person can go through. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's extremely competitive to get into, and you've got about an 82% chance of failing it. But the point is, is that they teach you not to obsess over what you cannot control. In fact, they purposely set you up to fail. They set you up in some of the flight training, especially in uh, the, the simulator trainings and some of the, uh, the training flights where they throw a compound emergency at you. And a com compound emergency means two or more emergencies all at once, and now you have to prioritize. They're, they're simulated emergencies, of course, but there are certain ways that the instructor pilots can manipulate the, the uh, systems of an aircraft to make it look like the, the oil system failed or the electrical system failed or the fuel system failed or the engine itself failed. And so they'll throw these emergencies at the pilot to get you to think, man, there is so much to handle, and it can be overwhelming. They purposely want to overwhelm you. They want to throw you in a high-stress situation because they want to see how you can handle that. They don't want people that will snap or, cr or crumble you know, at the first sign of pressure. The most important thing that, we, that they teach us is to stay present, stay in the present moment, focus on the one thing that you know you can control on. And I think that's one thing that we all can take from this is understanding that there's only so much in life that we can handle in the present moment. What do we need to handle right now? Don't worry about what happened in the past. Because a lot of times if we obsess over what happened in the past, we're getting nothing from that. There's no way to go back and correct the mistakes that we made even just four minutes ago or four seconds ago. But what we can correct is any mistake we might make in the future by focusing on the present. If we focus too much on the future, of course, then we really start to freak out, right? Because things haven't happened yet. And we, it, it, the possibility, the tendency can be to start building something up bigger than it really is, making the situation insurmountable in our minds before we even have an attack, a chance to attack the situation. So don't obsess over what you can't control. And the best way to do that is to stay present. Stay in the present moment and focus on that one thing that you're working on right now. Now, the second element to take control of any situation is to focus on what you can do, all right, as opposed to focusing on what is outside of your control. A little bit about what we were talking about just a moment ago, but this is a little bit more specific. What we might say to ourselves is, well, listen, you know, I'm not great at balancing my own checkbook or I'm not great at balancing my uh, or filing my taxes. So what's the answer to that? Go find somebody who can do those things. Focus on what you can do. And do your best in that moment. Be as efficient as you can on that effort. Focusing on what you can do as opposed to worrying about what you're not able to do, they're two completely different things. When you focus on what you can do, now you've taken the power back. If you get into an argument with somebody, it's very easy to say, well, what if they say this? What if they say that? There's nothing you can do about that. 
You can't manipulate a person's brain. You can't force them to change the way they think. You can only focus on what you can do, being the best person you can be, speaking your mind from a place of authenticity. I'll talk about that in a moment. But most importantly is really focusing on the one thing you can do. And we all can do something. We all have the power to be the best us we can be in the moment. But it comes down to dropping everything else, siphoning off and filtering off all the other stuff and focusing in on the one thing that we know we can do right now and being the best at that as, as possible. When we take control of that part of the situation, everything else slows down. All the other stuff. Now, I understand sometimes, especially for the leaders here listening in, as a leader, we feel like we have to take the entire load on our shoulder. And that's one of the first mistakes we make. One of the biggest fallacies of leadership is it's a, it's a one-person job, one-man, one-woman job. It's not true. Leadership, authentic, true, great leadership, means that you pull in the, the assets that are all around you. Those assets take the form of people. They take the, place, uh, take the form of time and, and other kinds of ways to leverage. But most importantly, it comes down to saying, I have what I, have, what I need around me. Now it's up to me to use my talent, my skills to, to implement and to uh, plug in those assets, especially when it comes to other people. Focusing in on the one thing that you know you can do. And maybe it's more than one thing, but in the moment, you're only doing the one thing, right? And you focus in on what you can do as opposed to focusing on everything else that either you're not able to do or is outside of your you know, level of expertise and so on. The third element of taking control of the situation and staying in control, this is probably as much about staying in control as it is taking it, is to not whine and complain and to bitch and moan. There is a lot of wasted energy that goes on when people complain, and it's very easy to do. I remember going through survival, survival school. It was a two-week course, and the first week is, is a lot of instruction, but that second week's brutal because right off the bat, they start breaking you down physically. You're sleeping outside in the cold and the elements on the hard ground. It's like, think like camping, but without the kumbaya, right? Uh, you're not eating. You're drinking minimal water. They're starting to break you down mentally, physically, psychologically. And then they put you into a mock POW camp where there's interrogations and all kinds of fun stuff. It's all simulated, but it's very real. It becomes very real very quick. There's zero room to whine and complain there. There's absolutely no room for that. Because the minute you start getting a blister in your boot, the minute your back starts to hurt, the minute you start to be cold, tired, hungry, malnourished, the minute you start to think that I'm tired or I'm beat, then that's when you're, that's when you're defeated. When you start to feel defeated and, and start to reconcile that in your mind and say, that's okay for me to feel that way, then you've, you've been defeated. However, if you can find that place where you refuse to waste the energy on complaining, you refuse to waste the energy on whining and, and saying, oh, it's not fair, and this is true in business. This is true in life. It's true in sports. I'll tell you this right now. It's very true in leadership. There is no room to complain or whine. And there's a lot of people that complain and whine and say, it's not working. It's not fair. So-and-so didn't call me back. It didn't work out like they promised me. I was lied to. I was duped. That's getting you nowhere. It's a waste of energy as much as a waste of time. You'll never get those few moments of complaining back, and you'll never get the energy that you poured into it even after the complaining is done. It becomes a ripple effect. The better course here, the strategy here, is to find the good in it. 
ask yourself now, how can I use this moment to define myself? How can I use this as a pivot point? I like to refer to these things as pivot points because it's that point in which you can plant your foot in the ground and pivot to the direction you want to go. If the winds are blowing you off course, that's your chance to pivot. Turn the rudder and go the direction that you want to go. Get yourself back on course. But it's impossible to do if you're wasting your energy complaining. Now, the fourth element to taking control of any situation is to absolutely take ownership. Now, this is different than taking control. All right, Control is kind of this thing where we feel like, okay, I've got to be in control. And sometimes the obsession over control will actually make us – we start to lose our power. Taking ownership is the direct path to stepping into your power. You own it. You say, okay, this is my situation. It sucks. I'm not happy with this. And so it's up to me to change it. And here's, how, here's what I'm going to do. Taking ownership says that for everything that's going to happen from this point forward, in fact, everything that's happened even to lead up to this point and the points that come for after that, is on me. I brought it into my life, and I'm going to get it out of my life. Or if it's a good thing, I brought it into my life, and I'm going to expand it in my life. Taking ownership of success is a really important thing as much as taking ownership for struggles and challenges. Taking ownership of success means, hey, listen, I earned this. This is mine. It belongs to me, and I deserve this. I've worked hard for it. I set myself up for it. Even if it came, quote, unquote, easy, even if it felt like it landed in your lap, it's important to take ownership because your lap had to be in the right place for it to fall out of the sky in the first place. So you may as well take ownership of it. And the fifth element to taking control of any given situation is to be authentic. Here's why this is important. It's what people truly want in the first place. If they're looking to you to take control of the situation, if they are looking to you to take control of your life, they want to see you do it on your terms. Not from a place of chest-pounding bravado, not from a place of lashing out, being nasty, being ugly, but from a place of authenticity. If you're truly pissed off, then you stand in your power and say, I'm pissed, I'm not taking this anymore, enough is enough. Or if you say, this is amazing, I love this challenge, let's do this. Be authentic in that place. And actually, there is one element to this. There, <laughs> there's one little caveat, if I can add this. There is a power in finding the, I don't want to say positive spin, but let's talk about a positive spin in a really negative situation. And that might not feel authentic in the moment. You might say, this brutally sucks, but I'm smiling, I'm laughing, I'm enjoying this. I'm forcing myself into a situation to have a more up, you know, upbeat, positive attitude towards a tough situation, being more optimistic. If you can train yourself to be that way under pressure, under challenge, under duress, pretty soon it will become authentic. And so if there are certain elements to being authentic where you say to yourself, yeah, but my natural tendency, my default is to be negative, is to be melancholy, then choose to, to, to correct that. Choose not to bitch, whine, and complain in that situation. Take ownership of that and say, I'm going to correct this. I'm going to refine that part about my character and about my being, and I'm going to be an authentic person when it comes to being optimistic or having a positive outlook on my business, my life, my success, whatever it is. These are the five elements that you can use to begin right now taking control of any given situation. It doesn't matter if something happens right now, a really bad situation, an accident, or a bad diagnosis, bad news, 
something that you thought was going to work out doesn't work out, remember, number one, don't obsess over what you cannot control. Instead, stay in the present. Focus on the one thing that you can do. That's number two, is focus on what you can do. Number three is refuse to whine and complain. Instead, step into your power. Step into your power. Number four, take ownership. It's the direct path to refinement and improvement. When you take ownership of the situation, you take ownership of the solution, not only are you stepping in your power, but it is the direct path to actually getting the results you want. And finally, number five is be authentic. That's what people want in the first place. That's what people really want of you anyway, is to be authentic. Not try to be some fake version of somebody else. Not try to be some caricature of the person that everybody thinks you should be, but rather being your true authentic self. And that is what's going to help you overcome any situation, take control of the situation, and take control of your life. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here each and every single Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, as well as our other recorded calls that you can find at jtdebolt.com when you listen to us Monday through Friday. Make sure you get yourself over to flywithjt.com, download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success, and remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you soon.